This episode is sponsored by PuttView Books. These are some of the best yardage books out there. So whether you're headed to your next tournament at a course you've never played at, or you're just looking to get a little more info at your home course that you play every day, you're going to want to check these out. There's two cool things you need to know. One is the green maps. These are some really detailed info on the greens that you're headed into. So you know the slopes before you even get there. And you can look at the pin position and kind of understand what's going on. I really like the kind of heat map almost look that you can see. Really clear, really simple, very useful. The other thing I like is some of the info that you get off the tee. So with the yardages to carry and then some of the rollout info as well. Plus, what does the ground look like in the fairway? Which way are things going to run off as well? So really good info on both those things. Clear, well-designed. Design is important to me, and I like the design of these quite a bit. So. You're going to check these out, puttviewbooks.com, over 30,000 courses worldwide. I bet they're going to have what you're looking for when you plug in that golf course. You're definitely going to check these out, puttviewbooks.com, so you're more prepared the next tournament you're headed into. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. It's always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. Here I am sitting in on the tour coach, and one of the things that I like to do, as most people know, is I like to, not only the people I work with and see out on tour that I work with teaching, but other teachers that I watch and that I follow through social media or just meeting through acquaintances. And then this is one of those one of those teachers that I wanted to shed some light on because he's been doing a great job up north. He's got some cool stuff out on the internet. Fellow Italian, Rick Silva. Rick, what you doing, bud? Well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> How about that, huh? Modern technology, things we can do with a cell phone, right? But, you know, there's just, there's so much information out there, you know? And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about is my dog, Chip Shot's going nuts behind me here at the house. But uh, first day home in a while. Your dog is named Chip Shot? Yeah, yeah. He's part border, collie, part Yorkie. He's a legend. In fact, he normally rides with me in the car down to the Keys. He's pretty good, pretty good dog. But um, talk a little bit about you and what you do up there in Chicago and your philosophy and kind of how you've gotten where you are. Wow, that's a mouthful. Okay. Um, well, you have to do it all so, at once. <laughs> so I guess maybe I'll just start like where I am and maybe try to work backwards, right? So I have pretty cool like high-end biomechanics lab, so to speak, where, mm-hmm. you know, we look at, you know, the science of kind of like what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. from – kind of a very high tech level and then integrate that into the practical, how that golfer can integrate it and then start dealing with the person, I guess is the best way that I could describe that. So, you know, when I start looking at somebody essentially, you know, I don't know them from, you know, Joe or Bob or Adam or Sue, you know, I essentially look at them and okay, here, what what are your goals and things of that nature? And, and I'm going to, start this by saying, well, you know, how do you want this delivered to you? Do you want the 
you know, do you want the science of this or do you want the practical? And that mm -hmm. essentially starts giving me a fairly good roadmap to how somebody wants to receive this information and also maybe how they should receive the information. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And that's one of the things I was interested in and followed you because I've recently opened an indoor teaching training fitting facility in Mobile and kind of spending more time at home. And it's interesting. I do a lot of stuff, as you know, with like Dr. Scott Lynn and with Colby mm -hmm. Touye and, and, and Morgan Hale, who works for me here in Mobile. And, and I've been fascinated by the blending of the different sciences and the different, you know, disciplines to how you can bring them together to help somebody play better golf and do it without making it complicated. And I think when I started this journey a while back, I think everybody scared away from or shied away from science. So like you had the people that were super smart and they talked in riddles. And then you had the people yeah. that were just old school and didn't do, and didn't do anything with science. But to me, it seems like we're heading down a road now where the most effective coaches and the most effective teachers out there blend all of it together. I'd agree with you. You know, and I think there's some interesting unpacking that goes with that. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, this is this is difficult, right? And, and this is not with any intent whatsoever to offend or anything of that nature at all. You know, and you getting ready to piss somebody off. Man, I, I'm trying not. To. That's that's not where this is trying to go. But it's you know when somebody, it, it's a blend on both sides. It's like well. If you can't explain something simple, well, then you don't you don't know it deep enough. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's entirely true, right? And and it's, but you know, how do I how do I want to word this? It's if somebody's completely avoiding something, why? You know, and and I, I think this this business that I mean, I know that you love it, and I love it too. And it's most of it I, for me. It's just helping people uh, achieve something that they're so impassioned about. It's, it's, I mean, it's my life's work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people aren't stupid and the people that we work with, they're not dumb. And I don't understand why we have to dumb it down for them. I think that says more about us on this side of, of the aisle. Like why, why are we dumbing it down for those people? Right? So, you know, one plus one equals two. So why are we trying to make it four in an effort to be more simple? I think we, we essentially make it more complicated trying to dumb it down. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I don't disagree at all. I mean, I think our job, I taught last weekend with Phil Harmon. Billy came to Very cool. work with us. And, and I mean, he's a legend. And he said something to me in a text afterwards that and he's like, you know, in the end, our job is to help the person guy, woman, kid, whatever, standing in mm -hmm. front of us, right? And yeah, it really doesn't matter how we do it. Now, I think that, you know, one thing I've learned is that I think almost that everybody that's good at what we do, their stuff is pretty correct. Like, they may say it different, use different ways of doing it, and talk different, but they, you know, I think that they, but, I, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily somebody out there that's making a bunch of people way better, and whatever they're telling us, like, scientifically bogus, you know, but I agree. But I also think you've got to be able to communicate to the level of your student. Like, you know, we all have, like, I remember I taught this guy for years. He was an engineer. Well, like you had to be really in depth communicated <laughs> to him. 
right? But then, you know, I taught this guy that was a guitar player. Well, like, he really didn't care. He just wanted to see the shape of the shot and know how to hit it. So I think that's kind of the, you know, I think that's the art of what we do is that you have to help the individual that's right there in front of you. Amen to that. Yep. But the biomechanics and that's, you know, I, what are you finding through your stuff? Are you finding, I'm always fascinated about, you know, I, I started doing stuff with Scott and with swing catalysts and different things because I had people getting better and I had people saying that I wasn't very scientific. So I kind of wanted to know why people were getting better. Right. And so that's why I started involving other people. So I'm always fascinated. Like when you started getting more into the, more into the biomechanics, what did you find out? Did you change some of your thoughts on teaching or did it just reconfirm stuff you were doing? What, what did it do? Both, both, you know, I mean, uh, there's it's both sides of both sides of that you know there's things that you know on a dime that I'll just you know like metaphorically like just wad up that piece of paper and go okay uh, next you know and then there's stuff that I'm like oh cool and then there's uh, stuff kind of blended in you know in the middle of that you know here's an uh, I guess one example when you look at like two big body masses, okay? So the rib cage, you know, or the upper body mass, all right? And then you had your pelvic mass, you know, body center mass sits in the middle, you know, like, okay, duh. You know, and, and talking about like firing the lower body kind of thing. Well, everyday life in, a, in, in an effort to be practical and somewhat oversimplify something, okay? You know, you get out of bed in the morning and you go make coffee and maybe walk down the stairs, walk up the stairs. And I think it's, you know, again, over oversimplifying something. It's your job on a very unconscious level to to organize yourself, to balance yourself, things of that nature. So you don't, you know, your ass doesn't fall over. Right. right. So you're right. balancing those things. Okay. You're organizing. I use that word, or, organizing those masses. Okay. Well, I can't think of anything serious anything in any practical situation where you know junior eg the pelvis fire out from underneath big papa I, I just doesn't make doesn't play so you know for generations you know we were taught like hey like the lower body should actually start like firing pretty hard well no no there has to be some stabilizing effect there or cage has to you know, start to migrate on top of that pelvis to some degree to lend some stabilizing support here. Does that does that make sense where I'm going yeah. with that? Yeah. No, no. So, I, and I, I think that in my teaching, one of the things I've learned or not learned, I don't, you know, that I've figured out for me is that a lot of times when those things aren't working, you know, for me, like sometimes us people are trying to do things that they physically can't do, right? Or, you know, mm -hmm. body, like you talked about stability. I'm big on stability. Like, you know, if your lower body and whatever side you're talking about, whether it's turning into your right side or going into mm -hmm. your left, if it's not stable enough or strong enough to withstand what's going on, I mean, you're not going to do it very effectively, <laughs> Sure. you know, because your body's never going to put itself in a position to hurt itself or it won't right. very often, may if you're drunk and dumb, but <laughs> – generally speaking in a golf swing it's not and so yeah no i agree with that I, but and i think stability is a what you're talking about there is an overlooked thing people talk about firing different things and all that and you know you've got to be able to there's got to be stability sure another one would be 
you know, things that kind of kind of throwing out there or reworking in your mind, you know, the golf world historically has interchanged from time to time, you know, pelvis versus hips. Well, you know, mm-hmm. hip, hip joints are an entirely different thing than, than the pelvis, you know, as right. itself, you know, uh, the impassioned golfer, you know, looking things up on the internet or, you know, talking to a, a, a teaching professional. I think that those things are very confusing in that person's mind. You know, so helping that person understanding that better and understanding the function within those two areas play a huge beneficial role to the end golfer. So somebody who may think that they're not very stable or don't doesn't have enough range of motion finds a, an entirely different, you know, range, for lack of a better term, again, uh, entirely different, uh, you know, functionality there when they start understanding that they can actually move within that you know, given mm-hmm. joint complex. So you know, I, I think, think that's very beneficial. You know, one of the things you touched on as well is that I, I think that, and this isn't like meant to piss anybody off, right? But like, I think a lot of teachers just assume the student in front of them like already knows what they're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. or they assume that it's above the student's head. And, and I and I don't know that it matters like what level you bring it at, like how you know how boiled down and basic to make it. But I think you know, I, you know, my old mentor Hank Johnson used to say, like you know, like first lesson. I mean, lay out the things you're looking for and the things that you think are important and that kind of need to happen to hit a good golf shot. And it 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 always surprises me how many people come to you for a first lesson. It doesn't really matter handicap. It could be like some guys too that are like pretty good players, you know. And they've taken a bunch of lessons. And then when you still see kind of explain the things that kind of have to happen, how little they've been told or understand it. They've just been told to do things, but maybe never really understood why they were trying to make those changes. And I think it's hard long-term to get people to really make changes if they don't understand what the purpose and why the hell they're doing it. Absolutely. I think a person at any level with anything has to have buy-in, period. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think your biomechanics and like you're talking about the lab, I think like or peeling back the onion is, is such a value. And, and, you know, a student can take as much or as little of that as they want. But explaining to them what needs to happen and what's going on, I think, is an incredibly valuable tool because I think too many folks aren't educated on what's going on. And they're just told tips or Band-Aids versus really understanding what has to happen. I completely agree. Like what is the biggest thing that I think they – that you have seen that has no ability border, like things that you see with a 10 handicapper that also parallels, you know, a, you know, plus hand, a plus index guy or gal, you know, things that, that have kind of blown your mind in the last, let's say 10 years, you know, that things that, they both do things things that, that, they both- that were, that were misconceptions. Oh, well, that's a good question. You know, I mean, there's all the basics, you know, the things you've heard of, like, but people that are really trying to, like, not let their head move is one, you know, those types, you know, and there's a lot of misconceptions between, like, you know, you know, you have people that have been told to get, you know, what, get behind the ball, 
and they just mm-hmm. slide all their weight over there. And it, and it doesn't. It surprises me. Like I've taught, I taught a gentleman the other day from he's from Mississippi. He's a pretty good player. Doesn't play an incredibly long golf course, but plays. You know, but he's a good player. He's like a three. But like you know, he'd been told for years he had to get all behind it and get his weight, or, you know, or pressure or whatever. He would said weight because uh, first time he'd been on anything. And, you know, how much lateral movement he had over there. And he had lateral movement going through. There was no rotary motion. And, you know, he was a, a little bit, not big. I mean, he was like six foot, you know, but like not a small guy. But like mm-hmm. he couldn't hit it anywhere, right? But he's like, well, I've been being told to get my weight behind it and my weight through, right? Sure. And, you know, that, that that's, you know, I've been just thinking off the top of my head, you know, things like that. You see people that, well, that that's where a person to me is, told something but not explained it to what has to happen, right? And that there's yep. a difference between pressure and then all your weight going over there. Totally makes sense. Do you think that, like, the better player just, you know, by the masses, let's say, kind of just because they're a better player, and I'm air quoting here, e.g. a better athlete, they kind of, you know, think until you make it or default their way into, like, those better positions? I think better athletes do. I think mm-hmm. better athletes, I think better athletes figure things out how to use their body in the ground and those different things better because I think there's similarities between other sports. Yeah. You know, like to me, one of the hardest people to teach, like two people, they're different. Like you'll take both successful people, but one guy really has never played sports, super nice guy, but not a good athlete at all. You know, like he's, to me, he's much more difficult than the the guy that might even be a little older, not quite as flexible, but like played a bunch of sports and was like, you know, played with a college athlete, you Uh know, like to me, those guys or those girls or whoever pick it up. And one of the interesting things for me and my teaching, obviously I spend a lot of time with junior golfers, but is there's a trend of these really good young players that are, they're going to maybe smaller schools, Rick, like, I mean, a division one school, but not like Duke, right? But sure. they played three or four other sports at high levels coming up, and then they picked golf up kind of middle of high school and became good enough to play at a small college. But to me, it's interesting watching them how they get better way quicker, and to me, their ceiling is pretty high because they're such good athletes. You know, that's just a trend I've seen. It's interesting watching. I think the athletic ability and the relationship between other sports, I think it makes it easier to learn. I 100% agree, 100% agree. What do you find in your, you know, in your, I'm going to call it air quote, your lab, your biomechanics uh-huh. lab, but what do you find when you take a, if you took somebody that was 40 years old, hadn't played much sports, but was a, say they're a 10 handicap, and then you took a 40-year-old that played a lot of sports, was also a 10 handicap, are you, do you, would you find a lot of stuff different? Or Yeah, so... I completely understand where you're – I believe I do anyway. I understand where yeah, you're going I'm, with that. And let's, and let's remove the, the, the quasi – yeah, yeah, subjectivity yeah. Of, of the individual and things of all that nature, right? The athlete right. – I, I think the athlete will always win, you know, and I know a, a great pal of both of ours, you know, Mr. Matt Rudy, but he and I have, have had this discussion for years, and it's a topic that he and I both agree on, you know, a topic that – it drives him nuts is like the the Hogan argument, you know, like if a Hogan would play in this era, you know, and it's like, listen, man, like the athlete is always going to win. Right. Always, always, always. Right. And it's like, like mm-hmm. one of my most favorite, just sidebar coming back to that, you know, if you were to go sit in a game 
at old Yankee Stadium before they tore it down or one mm-hmm. of my most favorite places in the world where I go almost every night, uh, Wrigley Field at 1060 West Addison, you know, before they, you know, ex- you know, expanded the seats. So the seats are so small because, like, the average American back then was, like, five foot six, you Correct. know. And so and if you look at that person, that athlete on the field today, it's, they're huge. So the athlete's always going to win. So back to, to your question, to your point, that athlete's going to dominate versus somebody who's not. You know, just give them a small little incubational period, they're going to win. So what do I see and how do I get the the non-athlete who hasn't had like a historical presence there to compete with that person? Well, you know, stuff that, that I'm really intrigued about right now, stuff that's been very vague in our business to this point is if you go back to like the, the old golf school days and like GPA, you know, grip posture alignment, that stuff has been very, very, very vague and mm-hmm. how it's been taught. Nothing against that. It was people have done the best of their ability with the time frame that they existed in and they did it really, really well. But right. we know more. And then the people who are going to come after us, they're going to look at us and go, those freaking idiots. And, and that's so cool. And I hope that you and I are sitting somewhere and we're decrepit and we're drinking something great and we can laugh at ourselves. I really do. You know, so, you know, honing in on that and then how do I make that? Well, the detailed stuff about how the structure of the anatomy of how we grasp something that's outside of our body's mass and wheel it around to create leverage, that's important. How we get them to control the biggest body mass that we have, that's really important to getting that person who doesn't have an athletic historical background to compete with the athlete. That's important. So those two things. Yeah. And and I think the interesting thing, I mean, or to me it's interesting is, when I talk to great teachers like yourself that maybe I, I think, I think all of us, and I mean, I'm, there's a few out there I'm not crazy about, but we're not going to get that to another podcast, but <laughs> um might be more interesting, but you know, I think we're all trying to get at the same thing and we come at it from different angles and angles that we're better at. Right. You know, and, and that's why I brought the athlete stuff up, like the work I've done with Colby and those types of things. Yeah. I found that I've found that like, doing some of those exercises and using bands or things away from a golf club that have helped have helped a 15 handicapper that isn't a good athlete figure out how to move the club around them better, you know, right? those types of things. And, and, uh, and that's, that's why I like picking people like yourselves, brain. I like to see what you see with those things. Right. Because I mean, I'm in my own little world and doing my own deal and, you know, and it's easy also to become myopic where you get doing your same thing and, and it works, but you like to see what else is out there. You know, what other ways people get to the same end result. Cause you know, the more tools we have and the more information we have, the better, more effective we are. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just fascinating. Even if it's somebody who like, to your point, like who I'm not crazy about, you know, I can honestly say that even if I don't necessarily jive with somebody, which I try really hard at this age to kind of jive with most people. I try to, yeah. Man, there is not too many people who are, like, at a certain level that I don't take something incredibly valuable away from that interaction. And Mm -hmm. when I mean valuable, I mean, like, put it right into the bank that I'm probably going to use 
you know, in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's cool about some of these podcasts. When I got into doing this, I didn't necessarily know I'd like it or whatever. But, you know, just talking to people. And it's and it's fun to talk to, like, you know, it's obviously it's fun to talk with some of the greats. And I've had some of the legends on. But it's also fun to talk to people that are up and coming that are doing a hell of a job that have ideas different than you because you can learn something. And also you can expose more people to it, which is kind of the idea of what we're doing here. You know, I think you're doing a hell of a job up there. You got some great ideas. You're passionate about it, which is key. And so it was fun. You know, I wanted to have the opportunity to sit you, sit you down, but uh, look forward to hopefully getting up there sometime, uh, spending some time yeah, up there with you and learn more about what you do. But I think the stuff we talk about is going to help some teachers and some players out there. Man, that would be that'd be honored. That'd be awesome, and I hope so. Let everybody know real quick where to find you. You got lots of great stuff out there on social media as well. Yeah, thanks. So Insta handle is Movement the Number Three Golf website Movement Three Golf dot com, and you know my, all my information's there. So perfect, absolutely. Yep. Rick, it's awesome. I've enjoyed the opportunity to talk with you some and get to know you over the last couple of years, and especially through math. But you're doing a great job. It's fun to spend time and learn with you and uh, have fun in this lesson. And I'll look forward to – we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Pro.